tracks. Uh, keep a uh, tracking card. There are some back here. There's some out in the foyer, uh, vestibule, whichever one you want to call it. And when you get uh, 25 of them right down, we've also all the tracks that are out on the track table, on the back of it, there is a tracking card. So when you hand that pack out, fill that out, and then there is a tracking card box on the tracked table. A T-R-C-A-K-I-N-G on the T-R-A-C-T table. So put that card in there, and that will help us to keep up with it, and that will be greatly appreciated. And I realize one of the reasons... One of the problems with keeping up with it last year with your reporting was we weren't doing a, a great job of making it available to you. So we're trying to be better about that. Now then. Well, there we go. Okay, new lesson this morning. And I'll get to the start of it here. Lesson three. Uh, this is the third biblical illustration we're going to look at. And that's what we're doing throughout this whole uh, series. Is looking at biblical illustration metaphors. And if you can't remember what a metaphor is, I'm going to let you look it up. We're going to study about being a student of God's Word, and that is your first lesson today. Homework, go home, look up metaphors, see what it is, because all 13 of these lessons are met on metaphors in the Bible. Second uh, Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we usually think of a student as one that goes to school, uh, but you can be a student at any time. A student is somebody that learns, and we should continue to learn our entire lives. I used to work with a gentleman. He was in his later 70s, and he was one of them good old truck drivers, Brother Marty. He had retired and went back to work. And uh, so he said he tried every day to learn something new. That was one of his goals, was to learn something new every day. That's a good goal, isn't it, to try to learn something good every day. And especially now we're talking about being a student of God's Word. So to learn something new about God's Word every day would be a worthy goal uh, for us. It's not confined to a classroom a certain period. It's all around our lives. Now God has provided us with uh, things to learn, things to study in the Word of God, the, the principles of His Word, uh, the lives of people, and His own attributes. And that's what we'll be studying in this lesson. Uh, so as lesson objectives, uh, first of all, to understand the threefold process of growth, to seek, to do, and to teach. So... If you seek the truth, if you don't do it, you had not accomplished very much. But once you seek the truth and you do the truth, then teach others that truth. And then, number two, commit themselves, the students, to commit themselves to being a lifelong student of God's principles 
the lives of great Christians and God's attributes. And then number three, purpose to pursue habits and patterns of learning and growth. Now, if you look at number two and three, commit and purpose to pursue, they're sort of uh, the same thing. They're very similar. And I think Romans 12 and 2 is really a verse telling us this very same thing. Uh, in Romans 12, 2, if I've got this in the right place, look there. I even got the right slide. So Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what a student does. They renew their mind by what they learn. So uh, why do we do that? That's the last part of the verse. That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You've probably heard people say, I just don't know what the will of God is for my life. Well, the first part of this verse tells us how to find that out. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind by the word of God. And to prove it, it means to prove it to yourself and to a lost and dying world. Once you find out what that is, once you've proved it, once God has proved it to you through his word, then you relate that to a lost and dying world. So as way, in a way of teaching outline, three points. Uh, number one is student principles. Student of principles. Number two, student of people. And number three, student of the person of God. And I know some people might say, well, I don't consider God a person. Well, that's, you don't have the right relationship. God is a person in three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's the three parts of that point. Again, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved of, unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As we said, we should continue to be students our entire lives. And does God give us an example of that in the word of God? Yes, he clearly gives us an example of that in the word of God. In 2 Timothy 4.13 Paul writes to Timothy, The cloak that I left at Tros and Carpus, with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Now going back six verses, we understand that Paul knew at this time when he wrote this letter to Timothy that he, his life was very short. 2 Timothy uh, 4 and 6 says, no, I don't have that one on there. I'll read it to you. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Actually, maybe a few months or maybe even a few weeks after he wrote this letter to Timothy, Paul was martyred. But our question, how many months or how many weeks do you have left to prove God to those around you. Colossians 4 and 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. And then the text verse for our theme this year. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
if you're not thinking about redeeming the time, you're wasting time. You have to make an effort to redeem the time. It's not going to come natural. God, again, specifically commands us to study in 2 Timothy 2.15. Now, 2 Timothy 2.15 that we've read, and we'll read Romans 12 and 2 again. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you've done one, you've done the other. If Being approved unto God and proving the will of God. There's some things that we need to understand to study. Number one, we must be a student of principles. We should all be a student of principles. You've heard our pastor say over and over probably that if you live your life by principles, a lot of decisions are made up for you. I would save you a lot of time right there. If you already have... You, most things, a Christian should already know the answer to what they're going, whether they're going to do it or not. We'll see an excellent example of the growth process outlined in the life of Ezra the scribe in Ezra 7.10 and, and your outlines there. For Ezra has prepared his heart to seek the law of God and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So he followed, followed the three phrases we're going to talk, phases we're going to talk about. Seek, do, and teach. So A is to seek. We begin by seeking God's word. For we cannot effectively obey God's word until we understand it. And it has been revealed to us in a personal way. We have to allow God to penetrate our hearts with the truth. And it's not just, well, I read that. No, it's, it's reading it and studying it and studying, studying other, the rest of the word of God to better understand what you just studied. Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You don't hide the word of God in your heart by reading it one time or by hearing it one time. It's by studying that word. It's, it, it's even deeper than memorizing that word. You can memorize it and have no idea what you memorized. You can sit down and memorize a, a scientific equation and not know what it means, but you can say it. And it's not enough just to be able to say the word of God or read the word of God, but we must understand it and apply it to our lives. Then Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The quality of our life, the quality of our Christian life, depends on the quality of our heart. What, did we, what, what do we have in our heart? Now we have blessed in America to have uh, the word of God, but the one who does not read is no better than the one that cannot read. You have no more benefit. Being able to read benefits you none if you don't read. In fact, it's worse because you're going to be held responsible for having been able to read the word of God and not reading it. Luke 12, 48, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men 
have committed much, of him they will ask no more. We don't always know uh, that the word of God is going to be accessible to us. There are countries in the world today, I know there are Muslim countries where the Bible is outlawed and you can't get it, but there's other countries in the world that's not Muslim because of political reasons. Uh, they don't want the word of God around. Uh, they, don't want, they don't want people to have it. So there's uh, most of the world does not have, I'm not going to say they can't get the word of God. A lot of them can't. Most of them do not have it readily available. Isaiah 55 and 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. You know, we waste too many opportunities, and we all do it. We waste opportunities to learn the word of God and to come to know the word of God better. And then we get to B, to do. James 1 and 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, James is, when you read the book of James, that is the book of James, James is all about making sure we understand that it's not just knowing the word of God, but it's doing uh, the word of God. Those who know God's truth but do not live God's truth deceive themselves into thinking they are mature Christians. Well, I've heard of the word of God. I've been to church all my life. I've been to Sunday school all my life. So I'm a mature Christian. But do you apply the principles that was preached to you and taught to you to your life? That's a mature Christian. Not simply to know the Bible, but live the Bible. And Jesus told the story of in Matthew 21 of two brothers who the father goes to and asks one to go work, do some work, and the first one says, yes, I'll go, but he doesn't go. I might have him in reverse here, but one says, no, I won't go, but later he did go. Now, he told the father no, but he did do the work. He's the one that followed the will of the father. We may not catch it right off. We may not. We may have uh, spent part of our lives in the past not following the will of God, but we have the part that's left that we can follow the will of God. When something needs doing, it's actually not the thought that counts. You know, somebody said, well, I was going to do this, and I didn't get to this. Oh, it's the thought that counts. Well, if it needed doing, that, that thought didn't count very much, did it? If somebody else did it, I guess it's okay, but it's really not the thought that counts. That's just that's just a polite way of saying that's okay. Mark Twain said, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts I do understand. That's from a lost man. He said, I don't understand it. He, he admits, I don't understand all the Bible, but there's some things in there that bother me. Well, if you're lost, there should be some things in there that bother you. But if you're saved and you're not doing the things in the Bible... Those things ought to bother you. Learn the Bible, but don't stop with learning. Live the Bible. Too many times we come in, we hear the preaching of the Word of God, Sunday morning, Sunday night, even Wednesday night, 
But Monday and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we rarely, a lot of Christians rarely think about what they were, what was, what they heard preached, what they heard taught, and rarely think about applying it to their lives. And so it's to seek, to do, and then to teach. Seeking and obeying God's word motivates us to teach others. If you don't get to that part, you don't really care about teaching them. Let's see, to teach, yeah. Second Chronicles 34 records the account of King Josiah who repaired the previously neglected temple of God. And when they were working on uh, the, the temple, they found the word of God. They had misplaced the word of God. Now, we all know, not like today, they couldn't go to the corner store, and, you know, drug drugstore, department store, uh, probably convenience stores, some convenience stores, you can get the Word of God. You can buy a Bible. You can go to Dollar Tree and get one for a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> dollar and a quarter tree. Dollar and a half tree, whatever it is now. But uh, they didn't have copies and copies and copies of it. But they did have the Word of God. It had been written down, and it had just been misplaced, just carelessly laid to the side. But they found it and brought it to him. And after reading it and studying it, Josiah took all the abomination out of all the countries that pertained to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all their days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Josiah followed the word of God more than any other king once he knew the word of God. The, Bible, the revival began with a man who found the word of God, decided to live by it, and then he taught it to others. Notice he took out the bad and put in the good. He did away with the abominations and then give them the word of God. Doesn't do really any good just to get away, do away with the bad or just to have the word of God. You do away with the bad, if you don't put in the word of God, you'll just go back to the bad. You've got the word of God, but if you're going to keep doing the bad, you really don't have the word of God. Not in your heart. If we'll surrender ourselves to teach the word of God to others, God can do wonderful things in their lives. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about standing up and teaching a class, but we all have influence on people in our lives that we're teaching them something. You're teaching them something, whether you're teaching them the Word of God or not. 2 Timothy 2 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Paul spent a lot of time with Timothy in teaching him the word of God. And, and really Paul had confidence that, that Timothy was learning the word of God and loved God. So he poured this into him and he said, Now take what I've given you and give it to others. Paul specifically instructed Timothy to pass it on to others who would continue the process, teaching and learning 
must never cease. Brother Earl, you and I have had a close call in the last year. And it caused us to real, realize the value, and I know there may be others in here that went through something similar in the past. Ours is just more recent. It caused us to realize the value of the time we have left. What we need to do is make sure we put value in the time that we leave behind from here on out. When we start out, everyone's time has the same value. You take a 21-year-old starting out with life and another 21-year-old start. Their time is the same value. They got the same amount of time. I'm talking about the time they have left. That amount of time is, has the same value on it. When it comes to the end, some people have spent their time wisely and added to its value. Sad to say, but some wasted their time and made it worthless. Time is valuable. But the time we have, are we making it more valuable? That somebody that there's value left, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that somebody else can take up and add to their life? Or are we wasting all that time and it's worthless? All that we live, there's nothing left. We are especially responsible to teach the Word of God to our own children. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now some people not in your family, you can, that you have influence over, maybe a very small, specific time a day, maybe the week, or maybe the month, or maybe just a small time, a part of the year, that you can influence them. But if they're in your house, if they're your children, it's all the time. If they're awake, you're influencing them. You say, well, they're awake and I'm asleep. You're influencing them. That don't matter. Just sleep all day. You're influencing children all the time, everything that you do. We have grandchildren now. Everything they see us do or hear of us doing, it influences their lives. Psalm 16 and 6, The lines are fa fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. This is David speaking. He had a good heritage. He was trained right, brought up right. Can our children, can our grandchildren, can our nieces and nephews say that they have a goodly heritage, that we influence their lives in a goodly way? Teaching God's principles to succeeding generations doesn't stop with our children. As I said, grandchildren, here's the verse for that, Deuteronomy 4.9. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, unless they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. God's plan for each generation is to influence as many succeeding generations as possible. 
So what we teach doesn't just go to one generation, but another generation and another generation. Think of all the generations that have been influenced just since Christ by, the, by his life and by his word. Generation after generation after generation. Now, sadly, it only takes one generation to completely change. You don't gradually lose it. Usually it's just this one does, this one sort of halfway does, and this one doesn't. That's what halfway living the Christian life does to the generation following you. You've killed it. You've stopped the lineage of living for God. When one generation fails in this responsibility, the results are devastating. As I said, we have examples in the Word of God to study and to learn by, and hearing Judges teaches us a very good lesson. I know when you read about Judges, you hear some of some spectacular things in Judges, and you say, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, we're supposed to follow and learn not just from what's done right, but also learn from what's done wrong. Judges 2, verses 7 and 8, and this is in your outline. <coughs> and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, what he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. You see, that generation that saw the things of God lived. So we have to continue to live for God so that people can see the Lord moving in our lives so that they will do the same. If they don't see anything in our lives, they're not, they're not going to think it's real. They might live it as long as we're around, but when they get out on their own or when we're gone, what are they going to do? It says, They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provo provoked the Lord to anger. Now you would think when you're studying about the uh, when the people... Uh, left Egypt, when Israel left Egypt, and one of the first things God tells them to do, don't worship the gods that are there. And it might sound like something that you just sort of say, you know, but God knew what they were going to do. He told them, don't do this, but that's what they did. Throughout the word of God, we have commandments to train our children. Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 6 and 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So that's a very grave responsibility. Do not provoke your children to wrath. And I know sometimes we may say, do this. And they say, why? And we say, because I said do it. Now there's times that actually will work. If you say, do the dishes, why? Because I said so. That's okay. But if you're talking about the things of the Lord, you can't just say, the Bible said so. That goes about as far as 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You get any deeper than that, you start explaining the Word of God, you have to live that Word of God. You have to show them through your life that Word of God. When you tell them to do this because the Bible says so, and you don't do it, you're provoking your children to do wrong. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, Nearness is lightness. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Like you've heard pastor and other preachers say, you, soon, you are or soon will be like the, the people that you hang around. That's what this verse is saying. You want around wise people, it'll make you wiser. You're around fools, it'll make you act like a fool. There's so much in the Word of God to be learned. There's, there's, not, there, there's not another book that you can go to that has just as many words or twice as many words or three times as many words that has more to learn about life than the Word of God. Regardless of our age, we are to be students of the principles found in the Word of God. Like Ezra, we need to seek God's Word Obey God's word and teach God's word to others. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, help us to, Lord, seek your word, learn your word, do your word, and teach your word in our lives as we go through our daily walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.